This episode of Ready, Set, Pwn is brought to you by Circle K, who currently has exclusive Vancouver Titans Froster Cups available at participating Circle K and Max convenience stores here in Western Canada. With six different cups available, maybe you'll grab a bumper, or maybe you'll grab a slime. Maybe you'll grab the entire set of six. Whatever you do, though, don't wait too long. These exclusive collector cups are only available while supplies last. Oh, and uh, one last thing. Once you've picked up a cup or you've picked up all six, shoot us a picture of it on Twitter by tagging us at ReadySetPone. Hey, and while you're at it, tag Circle K2 at Circle K West Can just to let them know RSP sent you. Five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast, your premier source for everything to do with the Vancouver Titans. I am Chris at Lifeforce, the voice that you get to hear one more time before the Vancouver Titans take on the San Francisco Shock in the Overwatch League Grand Finals. As always, I'm joined virtually by Omni at Omnistrike and Sam at another Sam Chan. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello, hello. Hopefully this is the podcast where I don't get bullied. Yeah, you know, not likely. <laughs> I I, I got to give you a lot of credit here. You you represented the force of nature, the Vancouver Titans, and Ready Set Pwn very well. But you were in enemy territory. And for those of you that did not tune in to our episode last week, Omni was representing us on the High Noon podcast, one of our uh, I I don't know, his cousins in the Overwatch League podcast sphere. I don't I guess know. So. I guess so. You know how we would sort of position the familial connection um they had uh, someone from the is it the shock waves uh, yeah, Beach, who's the community yeah yeah their community shock uh, community and then the two podcast hosts because their teams are out nyxl mm. and the houston outlaws have rallied behind the san francisco shock so you you got bullied in fact like their chat because they they actually stream their podcast live on twitch maybe that's something we can do in the next year uh Twitch chat there, man, total shock cord supporter, you know, round table. Like I was trying to get people over from Titans cord on RSP cord there, but it was just uh, myself, Timber and a couple others is we were definitely outnumbered. Yeah. But like, um, they still to, to balance it out. They gave me the best compliment a, a man could ever hear. They told me I sound Canadian. So I was happy with that. So <laughs> yeah, straight <laughs> off the bat too. And I liked, I liked how you had like the little Canadian flag. Oh yeah. I was ready. Yeah. The I, bumper hammer. I was debating with myself. Should I bring all like wear the shirt and stuff? And when I saw the, the shot guy have his on, I'm like, yeah. Right, Did you I'm have ready. a wardrobe change mid podcast? For sure. Not mid podcast, but before. <laughs> I wouldn't do that mid podcast, despite the fact that theirs is not a PG, um, not a family podcast. But uh, I did it before. Mm-hmm. We saw that empty new room of yours too. We got to decorate it again. I mean, I moved. So Lena's desk was behind me, and all the cool stuff was there. And now we moved it to the front because I'm about to move my our sofa sofa bed here because we got a new one. So yeah, my, my room literally looks like a, an empty <laughs> asylum room. Uh, it's really weird. It, it, it definitely did. I, I think you can <laughs> probably spruce that room up just, just a bit. Yeah, you know, all my stuff is on more, the other side, a little more homely, but uh, for those of you who want to listen into Omni holding it down on the high noon podcast, uh, go to Twitter. It's at high noon podcast. It's the easiest way you can find them. Um, I believe they're on pretty much every major 
uh, podcast platform. If you don't already follow them, I mean, I know uh, there's probably quite a few that do follow a number of uh, Overwatch League uh, related podcasts. But yeah, Omni, I think you did yourself well. I imagine you'll get invited back and I'm glad it was you and not me that happened to show up. But uh, beyond uh, the fact that you uh, represented us on the High Noon Podcast, uh, I've got some other uh, pretty cool RSP news. So if you haven't already seen us teasing it, uh, for those of you who will be coming out to the uh, Grand Finals Watch Party, which we'll talk more about in the payload, uh, we've got Ready, Set, Pwn stickers. It's a bumper sticker. It's mm-hmm. actually good quality bumper sticker, like uh, vinyl material, so you could throw it on your best friend's ride if you want. Uh, I got mine on my laptop. But uh, if you come by our table this weekend, we will give you a sticker. All you got to do is say hello. And then we've still got just a handful of those limited edition RSP pins uh, for those of you who haven't collected one. So please make sure you swing by. Oh, and one last thing. We've got clothes. In fact, you can go and head to readysetpone.threadless.com to learn more about what shirts you can rock to represent the podcast well. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I'm only doing this because people are like, hey, can I go and get this? I'm like, okay, I'll go set something up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll look at, you know, transitioning different designs in and out. Uh, but it, the idea here is just, you know, again, providing y'all something that you can use to, to support the podcast and, uh, you know, wear and represent RSP proudly. But enough of us. Let's talk a little bit about what we're going to get into this episode. Uh, the Titans release their homestand ticket details today. So for those tuning in now on Wednesday, if you put on a deposit, you're probably buying those seats right the second. So we'll walk you through some of the details that we have. If for some reason you didn't actually know that that was taking place, we've got the watch party to talk about, and then we're going to switch things up. We're actually going to set up the grand final between the Vancouver Titans and shock in the fray. We know who is going to win, but we're going to go, (laughs) we're going to go and take an unbiased approach as we always do. through the power of science, uh, and evaluate uh, Titans. Shock, which one? Uh, there's some moves in the Overwatch League. There's a patch on the PTR that's like throwing the game upside down. And uh, guess what? Sam, he's going to have us an acrostic. But without further ado, let's go straight to the payload. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Can I ask one more question? How big are those um, bumper stickers? Uh, you know, a, you know, bumper sticker size. I don't really have a car. You think like the Canada Lion would appreciate if I plaster it all over? <laughs> you, you know what? You should right against right. That's your best friend's ride, right? It's uh, government on yeah. the passenger side, right? That's right on the yeah. passenger side of your best friend's ride. RSP representing. Moving the payload. Join me. So for those of you who did throw that deposit down for the May homestand for the Vancouver Titans, uh, you would have received an email on Tuesday, that being yesterday, if you're listening now, but it's still technically today for us because we record these ones Tuesday nights. And uh, it told you at the top, it said, hey, your time to buy tickets is this time. And it gave a countdown. So my time is 2 p.m. And early in Titans Chord, uh, other people like, oh, I got 10 a.m., I got 10 a.m. I'm like, oh my God. So I, again, we talked about this on the previous episode. I got booted. I tried to buy like my deposit <laughs> and like Ticketmaster had a hiccup and I got booted back to the end of the line and had to requeue and wait through. So I thought that that 30 minute sort of period of limbo cost me four hours. What it appears to have 
actually happened is the 10 a.m. time is when the floor seat deposits get to buy. Mm. And then the 2 p.m. time is when the bowl seat deposits get to buy. So that, you know, calmed me down a little bit. Um, I think all three of us, we did the, uh, the bowl deposit. Right. Yeah. Just to confirm, did both of you get the 2 p.m. purchase point? I'm just checking my email now. Uh, yeah, I guess 2 p.m. Mine, mine says uh, 9 a.m. Wait, that's passes on sale. <laughs> what the hell? Sunday, September 29th. Wait, you, did you not get an email on me? Like, what kind of Titans podcast? Sunday 29th. Yeah, I had to prepare for two podcasts today. I was a little bit out of it. <laughs> well, hopefully you got the same time. Because I was sort of thinking it would be good for us to maybe coordinate as to when we're going to buy our tickets and where. Oh, unless, wow. you know, we want to sit in three different completely opposite locations. Yeah, I, I yeah. now I know what you're talking about. This is 2 p.m. I lent, went to the learn more button so that's <laughs> so so this is actually the, the segue there's this learn more button um in that email when you click it it then tells you right at the top it's like oh this is what you buy it's like phase one so phase one tells you about your ticket prices so there's essentially two categories it shows three but i'm going to functionally say there are two there's the gold category gold is bold and that means it's starting at 80 up to 160 depending on sort of where you sit in the the bowl in relation to the actual stage. Um, so for those of us who drop the bowl deposits, 50 bucks Canadian, we're just going to have to pony up the difference, which would be $30 or another 80 per seat. If we want to go to sort of the top level gold, there's then a platinum as well as a diamond option. So platinum are the floor seats. It's at $180. And then there's diamond, which are also floor seats, but like front row and then like down the sides which I actually kind of found interesting because that would lead me to believe that maybe the players must have like access to the stage from the side. Like why, why would those rows as you get further away from the stage become more expensive? Hmm. But uh, the uh, platinum seats are $180 for those of you who dropped a hundred bucks. That means you pony up another 80. And then if you go for diamond, that's 350 Canadian dollars you're going to part with. That means you're ponying up 250 loonies uh, for one of those epic scenes. Now, it's it's not just, you know, just money for the seat. Uh, if you pony up money for platinum as well as diamond, you're also getting uh, more stuff. Uh, like the diamond seats, not only are you getting like epic seats, you're getting like access to an after party. Uh, like I think it's a meet and greet with the team, but all the details uh, are shared on uh, Twitter. You get complimentary underground parking, which is like a hundred bucks already. So, well, yeah. And in, in the, in Rogers arena, darn straight. It is question for you guys though. Where do the bronze players sit <laughs> at home? <laughs> shame i really wanted to comment on that it, it, they took the plat chat thing into heart there's no way to get to uh, masters here at all <laughs> so wait i paid a deposit to secure my seat in uh, my on my lazy boy at home is, is that what i'm understanding pretty Apparently, much you get to watch players. it on on your phone only it's funny how, like, yeah, you're right. And, and gold, like, the closer tickets to the, the closer to the stage, it actually costs less. It's weird. Hmm. Mm. 
Well, okay. I mean, I've I've been to the Rogers Arena for for quite a few different events. I've been there for concerts. I've been there for hockey. I've been there for lacrosse. I've in, even been there for basketball. Like, this is, <gasps> I know, right? Like me going to a basketball game, completely unheard of. Ultimately, from a seating perspective, based on what we're seeing here, we're seeing a half bowl. There, it's it's more like a concert venue. I kind of suspect that the reason why those gold sort of um, seats are a little more expensive um, the closer you get, but not significantly, is just because of sight lines. You're going to be viewing more from the side, right? Mm -hmm. And then, like, when you are sitting in those bowl end, where it's more expensive, you have a much better sight line, and you're going to have the you know the the jumbotron or whatever they call it in in Rogers Arena you'll have much better sort of view of all of the production mm-hmm. but do you think uh, do you think when they set these prices they actually send like a bunch of bunch of folks there and then they sit at each chair and go eh, this one is worth twenty bucks more and then they move them up like five rows up and it's like oh this should only be sixty four dollars no but they already have that information right from other venues and then like uh well, yeah, I, I it sure like there's been three homestand events, but there's really only been one that's been set up in a way that that's similar to what we're going to see uh, here in Vancouver. I, you know, Vancouver is quite unique. In fact, yeah. you know, their access to the size of the arena makes things unique. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I I'm sure there's some science that's gone into the yeah. pricing, and it, you know, it, we have to also point out like the. The gold pricing, I think, is the area that people would ask more questions about. Like, well, wait a minute. If I sit in the bowl and it's $160, but had I gone and ponying up for a floor deposit, I could have been like floor front for only $20 more and I get a mystery swag bag too. Yeah. Can you upload, uh, up, update your uh, book? I don't know. Well, I don't, I don't think you can update your deposit, though. There, When tickets actually go on sale to the general public, Tomorrow, you can buy yeah. more. Like I, it's, it's sort of the risk you run, right? If you don't cash in your deposit, I'm pretty sure you lose your deposit. Like I, mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. the mechanism there was sort of making that choice early on. Um, and I know the question came up like, oh, hey, can I, you know, downgrade my deposit? I had a floor deposit, but I actually just want to get bowl seats now. I, I, you might be able to buy bowl seats, but I don't imagine you're going to see a refund. Yeah, I, I see them more uh, accepting of people who want to upgrade. Definitely not like refusing more money from people. Uh, but the other way, I'm not sure. No, no, you're our Canucks uh, expert here. Just looking at the colored areas, like the lower bowl, half bowl, and if they do fill up the floor, what is the capacity in here? You think it looks like a well, shy, uh, like six thousand places, maybe a little bit less. So the if I were to look at sort of the colored section here, I'd say max is about six thousand, mm-hmm. right? Like the floor is a little bit. Um, difficult to determine based on how they structure it. Like um, with concerts that they have floor seating for, uh, they can't really pack those chairs in as well as obviously the, the seats in the bowl and the, and the upper bowl, which is not being used to uh, our, our setup. Um, yeah. I'm going to say about six K I'd be curious to see if we actually see a six K turnout. Cause that's the other thing we don't know. It's the first time that the overwatch league is going to be showcased here in Vancouver. It'd be phenomenal if it does sell out great and then there is that flexibility say oh hey we've opened up some upper bowl seats or or something like that like there is room to grow but you know this is a lot of people coming into this venue Mm -hmm. 
Now, the other thing that you also have to consider when you're you're buying your tickets, and this is beyond the cost. As I mentioned earlier with gold, there's like three different categories, the 80, 120, 160, platinum and diamonds, 180, 350, respectively, diamond getting you all the great stuff, including the complimentary underground parking. There are add-ons. Now, there are two add-ons available. There is the master tier add-on for 50 bucks. It's limited to 100 people. For $50, you would be getting yourself an on-stage photo and a media wall photo with players. Now, this is where I'm a little bit curious. The on-stage photo, I interpret that as, yeah, you get up on stage and you get a photo of you. Like, that's cool. But the media wall photo with players, part of me is wondering, is it like the players on like a a nylon <laughs> graphic? <laughs> a cardboard size, uh, like... A- True to life size bumper cardboard cutout. Maybe it's uh, AR. Oh, you know, possibly. And I'm not suggesting it's not the players. It's just it's interesting how the there's two photos for fifty, and it's this one and that one. Only one with players. Like anyhow, um, if you go and drop a hundred and fifty dollars, this is the Grand Master tier, and that's limited to two hundred people. The hundred and fifty dollars is going to get you the onstage photo. It's going to get you the media wall photo with players. That extra $100 is also going to get you an early access arena tour and a sports bar after party. Now, the early access arena tour, Rogers Arena does tours, and I would imagine this is probably going to be very similar uh, of a tour outside of the fact that if it's during the event, maybe you get to see, you know, personalities and and whatnot. Um, But I want to say that that tour retails for about 20 bucks normally. Hmm. So that means you're dropping some serious coin uh, to go to the sports bar after party. Yeah. And just to clarify, this is just for the first homestand. There's another one coming up in in July. So, yeah, you have to take that into consideration if you want to put down the big bucks now or if you like the games more in July. uh, Yeah, you should take this into consideration. Are either of you going to go and get one of those add-ons? No. I mean, we even, like, not to brag, but we actually got to sit down and talk to the players, and it was wonderful. I'm not mm-hmm. not going to take up spot for people who, who maybe uh, came from afar to just see the players and get that. It's it's fine. I think no, I can run a bronze tier. You can have a photo with me for $4. <laughs> yeah, a photo with RSP just for uh, – I'll, I'll, I'll sell it for 10 SR. Uh, <laughs> I, so – there's there's part of me that wants to to be part of that experience. But Definitely. when I look at the, the $150, realistically, that's good value for the entire event. If you consider everything that you would be paying for, it's an entire weekend pass. You get to sell the matches. It, it's, it's, it's a difficult thing for me to go and say, hey, wife, force, I'd like to spend $150 <laughs> to get two photos, a tour of Rogers Arena, and go to a party. Oh, and uh, by the way, uh, Titans, where's the media box at? Do we get any passes there? Just a wink, wink. (laughs) (laughs) How to effectively make sure they don't listen to another episode again. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm not sure that's going to work that way. But hey, just saying. Um, But I'm curious. For those of you who do have your deposits, who are buying those seats, first of all, where are you sitting? Second of all, 
are you getting the add-ons? I'm genuinely curious if you are, and I'd kind of like to, to talk to you about it and, and better understand sort of the thought process here, because this is a new experience for me. I mean, I'll be very real about it. I've been to other events, you know, again, sporting events, concerts, what have you, but I've never ever sort of paid for the, the VIP experience. Concerts is generally where you see it. I can't imagine I've ever been offered a VIP experience with the Whitecaps, the BC Lions, the Vancouver Canucks, the Grizzlies back in the day, uh, the Warriors, all the lacrosse teams we've had. The Ravens. onstage photo actually kind of scares me. Like, have you guys ever, do you remember back in school, like every year they would take, well, the class photo is one thing, yeah, but then they would do like, be like all ambitious and do like a school photo. The entire school. Right? Yeah, they yeah, all stand yeah, like at the and, playground or on stage. Yeah, so imagine, or, can you be like, oh, can row E5 come up? And then it's like, oh, only only eight people from E6 will come up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's so chaotic. So I've actually seen this at, at Canucks games. So with the Vancouver Canucks uh, season ticket holders, there's perks that they can get. And one of them is like a picture at center ice. Mm. And I don't know how they coordinate that. Like, it's not like the kind entire rank shows up, right? It's, it's based on, you know, a variety of different things. But every home game, once it's done and you know, things have been sort of settled down. Mm. They actually bring people out sort of in, in groups like or, orderly, fashion. orderly fashion. Um, the team photographer is up on a ladder. He takes a picture of you at, at center ice. They got the full like camera set up. So when his flash goes off, the entire building lights up, like it's really well done. And I've seen a few of the pictures. They Some look logistic good. masters. You know who they're not going to call? Who? Section no. C row nine. <laughs> nah, unfortunately, that's being saved for the San Francisco Shock. Oh, that's true. Um, but yeah, if, if again, if you're you're going, you're grabbing these tiers, the add-ons, what seats you're getting, let us know at Ready Set Pone on Twitter, uh, or jump into RSP Cord. Uh, I've already sort of let it be known that if anyone wants to sort of coordinate and have sort of an RSP section, um, we can work together. It's it's a shame that we can't sort of do this in advance, but we also have to concede it's the first time. Maybe there will be group options or something more structured for uh, for July. Who knows? The other item that we wanted to talk about uh, in the payload is the fact that the Vancouver Titans are hosting an official Grand Finals watch party at the Sports Bar at Rogers Arena. That's because every official watch party this season has been at the Sports Bar. It's a great venue. There's TVs everywhere. There isn't a sight line that isn't good. And uh, not only that, if you come to this watch party, you can pick up an RSP pin and the huge value add exclusive to those who come to the watch party is that RSP bumper sticker. You know, those two items alone are worth the price of admission, which guess what guys is free. Yeah, that's a top 500 package right there. Like I, I can't guarantee you get in like they're, they're, talking about capacity, but quite frankly, there's a lot of space. There's a lot of room. I think there'll be an opportunity to get as many people who want to come out to, into the event. I haven't actually looked uh, to see if the uh, the sort of uh, VIP tickets are still available, but uh, there was a limited number that would score you um, some swag. Uh, I'll be honest, I haven't checked. It's not something I was thinking I would go and do. And therefore, I, I let you, my listeners, down and I feel much shame about it. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, but there is going to be a whole lot of awesome stuff happening. As always, there's prizes being uh, offered up. Uh, I imagine there'll be trivia. There always has been. And uh, Trivia King, Michael, our <laughs> very own uh, Michael, is not going to be there because he will be oh. in Philadelphia. So that like, I mean, 
that would be akin to, you know, the San Francisco shock tank line deciding to take the weekend off. It changes the dynamic significantly. Or riding a scooter, but that's not about tank. We'll, we'll get it. We'll get into that in the fray. <laughs> but that's right. There is now this great opportunity to, to win trivia because Michael is not there. He's in a shame. Like at the last watch party, he didn't get first. I think every single person in there celebrated that it wasn't Michael who had his name up the top. <laughs> He's the Titans of Titans trivia. <laughs> <laughs> you either yeah live long enough to become a yeah, or you become the villain. How That's right. That goes. No, my my Batman quote quoting game is not Batman <laughs> old. Be. That's true. So uh, Omni, see you there. Uh, definitely. How about you, Sam? I guess so. <laughs> so, you know that this will be the first time the three of us have actually <gasps> been together in person, save for that one day where we interviewed the, the team? Mm, in a watch mm. party. I the think three of us have never been to a watch party together. Privately, we actually all live in the same place. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, but then, I mean, then again, Michael will be missing. So I, it's not the extent okay. family. But that's true. That's true. And I mean, I personally would say Michael's dead to me, but I'm actually oh. secretly jealous because he's going to be in Philadelphia at the damn grand final. <sighs> yep. Well, we got to have some presence there too. So yeah, well, I feel and- like Michael is going to be most likely he's trying to stream like when they're playing live at the arena and then he's going to have the selfie mode on. So it's just going to be his face and his reaction the whole time. Yeah, we'll have it up on RSP on uh, Twitch. I'll, <laughs> I'll tune into that. Yeah. Hi, it's Michael from Ready Set Phone live in Philadelphia, Wells Fargo Center. And you know, you know how you, like when you're on selfie mode, you don't quite really know where the camera is. You keep sort of moving <laughs> the phone around. So we'll see like the top sort of corner of his forehead for a bit. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's totally the uh, the pro type of experience you get. So the three of us will be there. We're giving away pins. We're giving away stickers. We're gonna say hello to a whole lot of people. Um, I've already been actually talking to uh, people on uh, on social who have been asking about this. So don't think like oh, I'll just go and grab one of these pins at the uh, the end of the event. Now they'll be gone. Uh, don't think that oh, I'll just grab a bumper sticker whenever because we won't necessarily have bumper stickers forever. It's, once this- they're gone, they're gone. I only on buy up. them when they're on sale. Say hello. Don't be shy. That's right. We don't, you know, look too scary. I mean, Sam sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, gets away about him. True. But that's True. usually that's usually when Sam is thirsty. See, yep. the problem here is that when, when Sam's thirsty, he doesn't know the best place to go and quench that thirst is by heading to his local Circle K. In fact, when Sam heads to Circle K, he goes and grabs himself one of those very exclusive, limited edition, running low on stock Vancouver Titans Froster Cups. There are six available, if they are still available, at your Circle K or Max, as we kind of know them here in uh, Western Canada. But uh, if you get all six, you'll know that because you'll have a bumper, a slime, a Janu, a Somenzu, a, a team cup, and a logo cup. That's the six. We can't help you get them signed, but if you are following Circle K on Twitter at Circle K West Can, they have been offering up signed 
Froster cups to those who, who engage with them. So make sure you're following them. But again, they are limited edition. Once the season is over, I imagine you'll see them phase out. And if you don't have them, that is a collectible you can never get back. So find your closest Circle K by going to circlek.com. They're only available in Western Canada. So if you don't happen to live this side of the continent or possibly the planet, reach out, find a friend who does, and maybe they can hook you up. But again, once they're gone, they're gone. Forever. I'm all about that blue Powerade flavor right now. All blue all day. We shook things up here for the fray because we didn't actually talk about the Vancouver Titans facing off against the San Francisco Shock in the payload as we would normally do. A couple of reasons why. One, it kind of felt like we'd be letting the cat out of the bag, giving you our opinions, you know, where Sam potentially picks the Shock or something like that. And Omni and I go, you know, like there's a reason why, like, you know, all the greatest television shows, they never bring you the meat at the front Mm. unless it was like the to be continued episode to hook you right in. Well, this is not a to be continued episode. (laughs) (laughs) That's overtime, man. That costs extra. (laughs) And I can, I can only afford to have you guys on for so long as we all know, (laughs) but the Vancouver Titans are facing off against the San Francisco shock in Philadelphia this weekend. And I have to ask you a very serious question here. And I can't, I can't even believe that these words are coming out of my mouth are the number one seed, top of the league, Vancouver Titans, really the underdog in this fight? See, to me, you'll have to look at this philosophically. What does that actually mean? Does it mean that we're not the favorites to win the game or like in your eyes? Okay, so I'm not I'm not suggesting I agree with the idea that the Vancouver Titans would be the underdog in this fight, but there are many out there that seem to do. Now, as right. far as being underdog, I'm looking at it quite simply as being the team that is least favorited to win by not, the media and the fans. Vegas. Yeah, like if if mm-hmm. I if I were to go down to Vegas right now and drop some coin on this, and I, I, there's got to be a line, like someone's got to be betting on esports. Then like, I would definitely agree. Yeah. You know, like I think the Titans are, you know, whether rightfully or wrongfully, maybe not getting the respect they deserve, or there is a significant overconfidence in the San Francisco Shock. Again, rightfully or wrongfully, we're a Vancouver Titans podcast, so you're probably not going to hear us go and start telling you that the San Francisco Shock are going to roll the Vancouver Titans 3-0 because the Titans just give up after three losses and say, you can't beat us another one. Like mm-hmm. It's not going to be like that. But it, I, I, I'm just blown away 
by the number of pundits, the number of people out there that are already suggesting that that will be the case. Oh, the shock, you know, they've been undefeated in the loser's bracket. They've rolled all the teams that the Vancouver yeah. Titans beat. The Vancouver Titans barely got past NYXL and the San Francisco shock uh, rolled them 4-0 blindfolded uh, with super <laughs> pulling out mouse cables midway through the match because he was pissed off that he didn't get in. Like, it's blowing my mind. But this has always been the case. I, people are always kind of down on the Titans, uh, maybe outside of the peak when we won stage one championship. But even before that, when GOATS was a thing, like all oh, people were, were saying how NYXL is the best team. And then uh, when we went to different meta, even going into play-ins, people would choose any team but the Titans. For some reason, they they really like to see us fall or fail or falter. And the Titans have not been quite as dominant as the shockware, but I don't see in any way like that we have less of a chance to win this this match. I think it boils down to there's a lot of recency bias and just how the yeah. Overwatch League is set up. I mean, like we're going to get deeper into, I don't know if we mm-hmm. actually will, maybe stats are a little bit, but, but essentially the first three stages don't really mean anything. So, so whether, whether you're leaning stats towards the shock or you're leaning stats towards the Titans, it, it really doesn't mean anything because like if, if judging by that, then we'd still be making fun of the justice right now. Um, (laughs) and, and if we only look at specifically this patch, we only have the playoffs to go from and, and, you know, the, the shock have had an impressive losers bracket. Um, but you know, it's, it's always kind of sarcastic when I say the words like, you know, they, they you know, swept losers bracket, right? Like, you know, the first word in that is loser. Um, So that's a little bit kind of like saying like, you know, I, I went three and O in mystery heroes or something like that. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, there's a caveat to it, but that is like the lasting impression. You're only as good as your last at bat. Right. So that's the lasting impression. So I definitely think the, the Titans are, are, are not favored to win at least it is publicly. Mm -hmm. And, and I just don't want us to pretend like, we don't know the fact that if you're outside of the Pacific Northwest or Vancouver, I, I would assume that most uh, fans would love the shock to win more. Uh, maybe they're just more relatable, more marketable, being a mixed roster and having Sinatra is probably the most uh, you know famous player on both teams and how they came up from being a really plucky team and really improving as the season went on. And the Titans were just good from the get-go. And a lot of the times you get you get tired of seeing one team dominate the league for so, so long. So I guess a lot of people would want to see that, excluding us, obviously. But we, we are definitely aware to that fact. So it definitely plays into the analysts on the desk and to the commentators, uh, unless you're talking about... Uh, Wolf and Achilles, but uh, definitely there's a, a lot of bias towards um, the shock. So, I mean, you brought up a, a couple of things there, there Omni. One is the the regional thing. There seems to be this Pacific Northwest, like you know, nothing good ever comes out of that region, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, you think about it. Like, I'll, I'll in traditional sports specifically, because that's sort of where my experience lay. We, we see that all the time. And I, I remember the Vancouver Canucks were one of the best teams in the league. And it, the entire country of Canada, save for Canucks fans, were cheering against them. Yet mm. every single one of those hockey fans wishes that the cup would come back to Canada, like, but just not in Vancouver. Uh, when the, the Mariners were hot, you know, in, in Major League Baseball, 
people are like, oh man, Mariners, they're not a good team. Seahawks. Oh, I, there are people that despise the Seahawks more yet. If the Seahawks are out of the picture, they hate the Patriots, but when given <laughs> a choice, they hate the Seahawks more. Like, I don't get that. Like the Patriots have all this success in the world uh, and you know, people are down on the Patriots. There's something about the Seattle Seahawks that just get more down on. I mean, I, basketball, a little bit different. Uh, I think the trailblazers kind of get it, but they're sort of on the outside. It's the Seattle, Vancouver sort of area. The PNW, Maybe it's that obnoxious it. green. Maybe we should just like secede like uh, Oregon, Washington, and then the inform Cascadia country. Well, I know. I know. <laughs> that's that's a whole different podcast right there. But there, there's, you know, I, I was talking to someone about this once and they're like, oh man, you people in Vancouver, you're so snobby. I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah, yeah. Like your Starbucks and your like gluten freeze <laughs> and your, and I'm like, I'm sorry, vegan, vegan like sushi and yoga. Like my, my Starbucks is gluten free for the record. <laughs> but, but this is the thing. Like, I'm like, okay, sure. Like it, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure this out. Like, I'm sure there, there are some arrogant people out this way, no different than other places. I, I, but I, I just don't get it. I often will refer to it as being the, the effect of what winter does for most other Canadians, us that live in the tropical part of the country. We're like snow. What's that? But we get our fair share of rain instead, so it's a whole lot different. But outside of the whole regional hate, right, there is also this fact that the Vancouver Titans have been so dominant. And, you know, generally speaking... And coming directly from contenders, too. Well, that that on its own, I think, is another issue. But, like, the dominance is indicative of the people that don't like the top team, Mm -hmm. right? Like, many of those examples that I gave was when the team was the top and people always like to cheer for the underdog, which is sort of why when, I, when people ask me like, Oh, you have a problem with the Vancouver Titans being the underdog? Like, Heck no. If you, if, if someone, whether it be, you know, some random fans, some analyst or, you know, Choyobin of the San Francisco shock, if anyone them want to take the Vancouver Titans for granted, because they're not OWL level <laughs> have at it in my mind. Yeah. Because that's that's not the mindset you ever want to go into any form of competition in, and it's not the mindset anyone should be in. I'm not going to go and tell you straight up that the Vancouver Titans are going to roll the San Francisco Shock. I am expecting a slobber knocker. Hmm. Like I, I don't feel like when I, it's the four O's that tilt me. Heck, the people say ah four one shock. That's the tilt part. I'm not suggesting it's not impossible, but to just come out there and so boldly say here's the score without any reason why outside of, oh, well, they forrowed the loser's bracket and forrowed the New York Excelsior and the New York Excelsior took the Titans to 4-3 and they barely got by. Like, give me and, a break. And I already kind of talked about it and all my um, you know arguments fell on deaf ears <laughs> for the most part in the High Noon podcast, but really in my opinion, if we're already getting down to like predicting, I don't think it was a good thing for the shock to just plow through the loser's bracket in that fashion. Like if when you go 200 miles an hour or 100 miles an hour, right? I'm, I'm used to the metric system. But if you go to <laughs> like 100 miles an hour, it's really fun and good when you're on smooth sailing on a smooth road. But once you hit that little bump, oh, it can get really dirty. And I do agree that the shock are dominant and they will probably be the, be our biggest challenge as of yet. But the same thing can be said for the shock. I don't think they have met any like a uh, team that could match them both in talent and experience or adaptability. So 
I don't think it'll be like a, a you know one-sided affair, regardless of what team you're looking at here. Well, and I think it to just sort of you know point out people who are alleg- allegedly quite smart and smarter than us here at le- least at Ready Set Phone in uh, you know reinforcing Captain Planet. They both have it as four three. You know, the stats guy has it four three Titans. The analyst has it four three for shock. But the key score there is four three. Neither one of them is mm-hmm. saying it's going to be a blowout in one direction or another. I don't think it can be. These are two powerhouse teams who have shown that they've adapted. Where you were leading us, uh, Omni, and what you so valiant tried valiantly tried to put up uh, a fight on on uh, the High Noon <laughs> podcast was that. Yeah, you know, plowing through the loser's bracket, you know, while is necessary, isn't necessarily indicative of performance. There's a reason why you got there. Whether or not you're a dominant team, you had a bad game. You got taken advantage of. The Vancouver Titans have yet to be taken advantage of in this postseason, even by a strong New York Excelsior side. So, I'm, again, I'm going to lean towards the Titans, you know, six days to Sunday. I'd like to shoot out some stats. I truly would, but I, I'll be honest. I think at this point, when we start looking at, at, at map scores, so this is this is something I find really interesting. Oh, look at the map scores, and I think they're they're an even split, and I don't think they should be completely discounted. Right. But half of the maps between these two teams were played in an entirely different meta. Yeah. We've actually seen that meta shift essentially three times, a little bit in stage three, again in stage four. And then we've had another shift here in the postseason because again, let's introduce a new hero and by the way, introduce Rolllock. Like things have changed so significantly. The and we have had like an, a new uh, player, sorry, introduced into the starting lineup. Yeah, well, the, <laughs> Tizzy. 100% pick rate, right? Yeah. Oh, like sorry, it, you were talking about Tizzy. Tizzy, not Sigma, but Sigma was the new player in game. Mm-hmm. The... These changes have shown that the Vancouver Titans can adapt. San Francisco's been adapting just the same. But I, I, when I was listening in, you had pointed out something that's that for the other three sort of, I don't know if they ignored, discounted, or simply didn't catch. <laughs> Who is currently the best Sigma in the Overwatch League? Yeah. It's hands down right now, Janu statistically is the best Sigma. Now in the podcast uh, on high noon podcast, uh, um, Beach said, Oh, you know, yeah, Choi guy had slow start, but he needed to warm up and now he's firing on all cylinders. Choi, 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 Choi. Yeah. Choi opens great. Gold, by the way, (laughs) best best gold player out there, but (laughs) simply say, Oh, well he has done better, a better job. Well, statistically speaking, no, he hasn't. Mm -hmm. And while Janu has a requirement to sort of warm up within a a match, you know, he is able to just turn it on. I think Tizzy has been more than adequate, and yet people still, I think, view the the Titans of old, the bumper, yeah, uh, you know, concept where, oh, yeah, bumper's a feeder, and the Vancouver Titans will never win with bumper. Well, bumper is in an entirely different meta. There's a reason why Tizzy's playing right now. So, I, again, even looking at that leads me to believe the Vancouver Titans are in a good spot. Uh, you know, the, uh, if we go sort of matchups, I mean, Haxall and uh, Sinatra. Mm-hmm. In my mind, Haxall has a much broader variety available to him when it comes to hero picks. And, and Sinatra, his doom is on point. I think he can, if he needs to, bring out a Sombra and do well with it. McCree too, pretty good. 
Sure, but like I, I, I feel that that Hacksaw, is, his toolkit's a little bit larger. But where I think right. Hacksaw, you know, falls back is that Hacksaw starts becoming almost like Bumper. Mm-hmm. You know, he becomes too aggressive. He becomes um, almost too greedy. And I think Sinatra is a much more stable, consistent player in that regard. So again, there's a toss up there. Like there, you can go down the lineup, and there's a toss up, toss up, toss up, toss up, toss up. Right. Like you know, uh, Twilight and Violet. It's toss up. So how is it? And I, I, I get on my my soapbox once more. How is it that the Va- the Vancouver Titans are so so discounted against the Sinatra? It just blows my mind. Anyhow, okay, I'm I'm gonna shut up now. I'm gonna mute myself. Like, <laughs> yeah, I could I could uh, use a voice that I haven't used in a while. But obviously, if they four own the same team that the Titans struggled against, they must be the better team. So I haven't used that. What ever. voice is that anyway? Oh, so I'll give you a throwback. It was like, well, they won the championship, so they're the best team. That was about the Spitfire uh, powering <laughs> before the scene. And we saw how that ended up. So it's a really like... It sounds like a Simpsons say, character, and I can't put my finger on which it's one like it is. like a very slow, you know, low-hanging fruit kind of take mm-hmm. in my eyes. So like... No, but I think that's one of the things, sorry, just get back on topic. One of the things I'm looking forward to is at the end of this match, I think we can definitively see who is the best in the world. Um, Obviously with, with the MVP versus the rookie of the year, I think that's something that Mm -hmm. we, I'm really, really excited to see because I truly believe that Hawksaw is the most talented player in the world. Um, Whether talent, you know, turns into performance, that's a different question, but, just just the way that he's been able to adapt, pick up pretty much unrelated heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, the way he dominated Brig when he was like, you know, sleepwalking through that, basically th- three quarters of the season. What are you uh, talking about? Brig and Genji are essentially the same hero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I actually t- t- struggled to tell them apart in game. <laughs> like, but but of course, like Sinatra is great in his own right, right? So, like, that's something I'm really excited to see, and how both teams game plan around that. Like, two two of the things that I marked down, but I'm sure, like, on the shock side, it's the same thing. Is how can we, as the Titans, target Sinatra? How can we kind of take him out first? Because when they run Doom with Sinatra, everything revolves around Sinatra. Yeah. yeah. Well, the key, the one key I had to a Titans win. Eliminate Sinatra, erase Sinatra. Mm-hmm. Like th- there's, there is no player on on the San Francisco sh- Shock team that I feel can can fill in for a Sinatra who's either not involved, right, or off his game. Whereas the Vancouver Titans have the means to go and adapt. Like their their hive mind is not questionable. Like they've moved a new player who had absolutely no game time in the Overwatch League in for the postseason. And outside of maybe what one or two rough maps, is essentially like okay, guys, we all know each other. We've known each other for a while. Let's make this work. Like they they react in a much more consistent fashion. Whereas the shock, we've seen this. They start to crumble a little, little bit. Um, and also, he had a lot of uh, TZ. Sorry, he had a lot of like really clutch performances too. He saved a bunch of fights just in that playoff run mm-hmm. alone. Yeah, and and that's that's what I was going to say. Like you look at how TZ has provided a much different play style to the Titans. And I think it's complemented this meta much better. I mean, Bumper, you know, bless his heart. He, he plays with his foot on the gas. Doesn't matter what character he, he he's playing with. He's, he's taking the, the fight 
to the opposition. In this meta, I still think it's important to, to play to your strengths, but I think as a group, a collective, they need to move as, as one unit. And that's where, you know, we saw when the San Francisco Chicago and Vancouver Titans faced off at the end of the season. When the Titans started deleting uh, Sinatra, because the Doom Fist character is meant about, you know, charging into the fight, hoping to get that pick, and then jumping on back out to get his heels, cool down back and forth, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Well, as soon as the Titans got the timing down, Sinatra's deleted. Okay, let's roll. Yeah, it was, I think, King's Row when we had that map. And, you know, for those of you who are turning like, ah, oh, it's just the, the regular season, the Vancouver Titans were playing their C roster. True. That was when you were here. We watched the game together at my place, right? That's right. Yeah. We did. It was the uh, the No Pants Watch Party. <laughs> Hey, we we said we wouldn't talk about that in public. Oh, so sorry, my bad. Um, I might edit that out. I might not. We don't know. <laughs> that's why we've we talked about that multiple times now. That's uh, why we have an audio only podcast, really. <laughs> yes, yeah, the No Pants Podcast. Hey, oh, that's why we can't stream on Twitch. We'd get a strike. Um, but here, let's let's talk about it. The keys to a Titans win. I had one. Delete Sinatra. Is there any other key there? You only had one. I only had one. Delete Sinatra. You want to go first, Omni? And uh, you, you know, you have a list. I have a list too. I like two things from me. Uh, obviously, the Doomfist is super important. In my eyes, in this meta, the second DPS is Moira. And a lot of fights are decided on who gets that coalescence first to push through. Mm-hmm. And I think Twilight, that's his time to kind of be that, you know, stable player. Because these are, and unless you're Jonak, right, you're fragging off. Supports never will get the love that they deserve. And Twilight has been like probably the best player for us uh, as much as um, Taxel was. So that's another key for us to, um, for, for Twilight to beat Violet in that matchup. And the last one, oh, I completely forgot. You can take your second point and I'll try and uh, take your <laughs> So I, d- I definitely had Twilight. Um, I also, I wouldn't mind seeing more of Twilight's Anna. If they can create some opportunities yeah. to, to bring that out, I think find Twilight's Anna is uh, significantly superior um, if we can use it to our advantage. Um, on the Moira, I think I think Violet has a pretty good Moira. You know, Twilight's Moira is not bad either. But right. but I just I just really like when when he does use Anna. There's a lot of clutch play happening. Oh, and um, I, I, yeah, yeah. And then and then the other one that I think is probably on point with yours is the Sigma battle, which Janu will show up. Um, like we've mentioned a couple times in the past maps now, there's been times when Janu just looks a little bit off, even though, you know, again, you guys have mentioned statistically he is the best Sigma, but, you know, just the eye test, um, you can tell when he's not pulling in his perfect alts like that where, you know, we've become so accustomed to with with him on his D.Va um, that there's just a little bit off about, you know, map to map. And and I've mentioned that it seems like he gets better as the the rounds go on. But we really need him firing on all cylinders here. Yeah. And uh, I'll do uh, the uh, impersonation of Doctor Strange right now. I see two scenarios. In one, we win. In one, we lose. And the key factor in both is if we win, that means that Samansu had a great game. If we lose, Samansu had a terrible game. So he's the one factor <laughs> that, that could be not as stable as the other people. So uh, I think... It's he's really an underlooked part in this meta. So that second DPS, if he's not that you know bad Samen, so where he just like 
blindly teleports behind the team, tries to do his blossom. It'll be it'll be a rough going for us. But if he's that other better version of Samensu, I think that'll be kind of the the, the black sheep, so to speak, that will <laughs> carry us to the promised land and win us the cup. So the fancy hope, word is X factor, right? Exactly. I hope um, the coaches are really um, working with him a lot to kind of find those uh, proper flanks and, and the nicks in the armor of the shock. Well, and yeah. actually, you know, SMS is actually, a, I think, a good uh, lever to performance because you're right. If he telegraphs his cue, <laughs> which we've we've seen in this postseason, he's pretty good at doing. Like he, he sort of waves his hand, shouts, "Guys, hey guys, hey, look at me!" <laughs> you right? remote, uh, he, yeah, he's pretty much before. Like it, it's 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 rough, and that when that occurs, the Titans actually fall apart. It's interesting that actually you think about it in, in greater detail. The Vancouver Titans struggle when SMS is dropped in that type of situation. Like, how many times have we seen uh, that team fight then swings alt economy in one direction, uh, stalls the advance, stalls the payload? The Titans can survive Haxall dropping. They can survive uh, a bad Januald. Again, not all good things to have. Right. But for some reason or another, an SMS telegraphed queue is like, oh, well, that sucked. <laughs> Imagine he goes like behind the team and plays a voice line. It's in the refrigerator or something like that. <laughs> and then runs back over to his seat to hit Q. But in that amount of time, you know, he, he doesn't realize the new patch. You, you, you're back to life real quick. And anyhow, um, so is there, is there anything that we as Vancouver Titans fans should be worried about? Like truly got, worried about. I got one thing that I've written down on here, and that's uh, it sounds really strange, but it's when Sinatra's on the bench because that generally means that Rascal and Architect are going to be on, and it's a bunker comp city. I hate the bumper comps so much. This uh, Farah Bastion and stuff like that. Yeah, Farah Bastion, May Bastion. It's just <sighs> it, we we I don't for whatever reason we don't seem to respond well to that and. And from what I can tell of the other maps, Architect and Rascal are better than the other Bastion comps we've seen. Hopefully, like uh, Twilight pulls out that Ana, and it was really great in Dorado. So, mm-hmm. but that—that's—I hate to say it—that's almost the one-off. Like if we're if we're hoping in a bunker comp that Twilight can go ham Ana, mm-hmm. we're asking for a lot there. True, right? Like the the. You know, Sam is right. The Vancouver Titans bunker comp ain't a bunker. Mm-hmm. They just they they can't seem to you know pick the best best place to set up, and then when it doesn't work, ah, you know what? Let's try it three or four more times, and then decide we're going to switch. Slow when other change. teams they they'll try it once. Okay, it didn't work. Now we now we can't get set up. Now we're not going to be able to go and and take that advantage. So let's make the switch now. And that's where the Vancouver Titans, whether it's, you know, insistence on doing it their way, you know, I don't know if it's good coaching, bad coaching, no coaching. I mean, it's just so odd and, and somewhat frustrating to see that they, they they continue to do the same thing over and over, expecting different results. But I mean, on the shock side, realistically, would you put your MVP on the bench in the grand finals? Well, arguably the Vancouver Titans, you know, did something similar with Bumper. I guess you could say the San Francisco mm-hmm. with the Super. Like I, you you play to win. 
Yeah, I don't think that the the fact that he's an MVP should come as like a factor into that yeah. decision. Like you know, he his doom is phenomenal, his somber is not phenomenal, but ultimately, I, this goes back to that earlier point I had. The Sinatra toolkit is a relatively small one, and I I will concede his toolkit is significantly larger than any toolkit I've ever looked at. But when we talk about the pro level, what will he play in this this current meta that we're seeing? You know, he's going to play a Doomfist. He's going to play a Sombra. He might bring out a, a, a hit scan. Yeah. Right. Like, but that, if that's coming out, that's not coming out by design. That's coming out because of a requirement, right? Like yeah, if he's playing tracer, that means we're doing really, really well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like it's that, that. And so those shifts in my mind don't count. Whereas like a, a Hoxall, Hoxall has the ability to pivot to a variety of, of damage heroes. Like the, I, I'm not going to suggest he can play every single one of them, you know, extremely well. But in every situation, I think Haxall could easily flex. I'm actually a little bit less confident on on SMS, mm-hmm. right? Like I I would early heck a few episodes back, I was like, oh my goodness, I can't see SMS coming in. This is going to be stitch time, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I think it's been. Go ahead. Yeah, he's our second best Doom. So whenever uh, like Haxall needs just to switch to, I don't know, maybe. Uh, May or Afara, that's why we we need them. We need him there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so that yeah, that's something I'm looking at because I've been thinking back and forth. Do you realistically think the Titans or the Shock would actually sub players out? Or are they going to ride or die with their six? So I think the San Francisco Shock would be more likely to sub mm-hmm. than the Vancouver Titans are. Right. I agree. Mm-hmm. If we if we were going to see the Vancouver Titans make a substitution. Uh, we would have seen it against the NYXL. And especially like seeing how uh, Slime has played a little bit of Baptiste on a good level. So I don't see Rappel coming in or something like that just to, you know, accommodate that. Well, and, you know, Rappel coming in gives you Baptiste, it gives you some some more flexibility. True. Right. But I, I think Twilight and Slime also, they know each other extremely well. They've played well together. They complement each other. In fact, they I think play their characters watching their partner's screen at some at times. Like their coordination is top notch. So, personally, I would pay a lot of money just to see Bumper and Super duke it out as Ryan's, but it'll never go. Never gonna happen. So what? So if if this happens to go to a a a map eight because we have a tie, should it just be you know Bumper Super one v one? That's the dream. Yeah. Or Sinatra versus Samanso and Zarya. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> that would be horrible. That'd be, that would be as bad as like Ryan versus Ryan. I mean, anyhow, to each his own. To each his own. So let's 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 call a spade a spade. Do the Titans win or do the Shock win? What says you, Omni? Titans. What's the score? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to like gauge my courage if I'm going to go for the coward uh, cowards uh, score. Well, the you know cow- I think the coward score is a realistic score. I mean, I, the courageous score is that's that's well, there's that's the a- courageous score, which is like a four two, and then there's the stupid that's man exactly score, which I'm, is like a four zero. Yeah, no, I'm I'm <laughs> leaning towards the four between the four two and the four three. Got to pick one. I'll take a four three. Sure, with okay. a draw in there somewhere sprinkled in. Oh, so we eight. are going to get the mapping, yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> the map eight. That's that's like that's a that's, wild card. That's the person going for the big money on the on the uh, prop bets. Uh, Sam, what has you at? Captain Planet wrote like a book on on why LB Titans four three. So I'm just gonna go with him. I didn't read a book. I didn't read the book. Um, but but I trust all his math and whatever. So I, I'm. I'm the safest pick here. I, I would have been four, three and I'm going to say it's the Vancouver Titans. So if any of you actually thought one of us was going to take the shock, you're listening to the wrong podcast. Yeah. I just, if, if the Vancouver Titans were to lose, it's not because they got rolled. It's, it's that four, three is going one way or the other. And I'm a Titans fan. who's going to say the Vancouver Titans win. Yeah. I don't think this is the time for, for logic or reason. Um, I think when we look back um, you know, starting start of the season, preseason, we've been doing this for now an entire season. So it's it's crazy to look back. And I remember talking about it, about enjoying the ride. Um, there's something in journalism calling uh you know, you write you write the article before the ball goes through the hoop or whatever. Um right. and it and it's and it's the same thing with these guys, right? I think I think e- either way, whether it's four three win or four three loss, I think we can look back and there's nothing to to be really upset about um, right. because we've had a fantastic season. Um, us longtime Vancouver sports fans, like we don't, we, these don't come around often. Right. Uh, <laughs> we're, I, that's why it's funny that, that people think like we're, we're arrogant because there's, there's really not much to be arrogant about if I'm being, if I'm being completely honest here. Um, so I think, I think for Titans fans, either way we've been given like a, entirely like you know we've been spoiled and i've used the word spoiled a couple of times on this podcast if you've listened listened to us from the very beginning so i think all of us should enjoy the ride um either way and you know we'll be one of the favorites coming in next season right i mean to to be frank here if we were able to simulate this game like 10 times we know that the scores we would get both wins to the shock and both mm-hmm. to you know, to the Titans. So it's, it's pretty darn close. So I agree there. You know, actually speaking of simulation, so every traditional sports league is essentially well represented by electronic arts, EA, they have NHL, FIFA, MLB, whatever. They have all of these different sports titles where they actually use in-game stats, which are representative of the teams, the players and all them, all that. And they actually simulate results. Mm-hmm. You would think that overwatch could actually have something like that where we could have simulated the results to actually just have the game tell us who's going to win based on all these metrics. They've got these stats somewhere. Captain Captain planet pulls them out. Like they access to them seems to be a little bit difficult. I think for now we just have to rely on the coin flip and just, uh, I mean a little bit, not the high noon podcast coin flip. That coin was rigged. That's all rigged. And before we really get like set off to that, finals a little bit of a, a flashback again like a, a throwback to when we did the preseason um rankings the power rankings for the titans you guys remember where you had the titans going into the season fifth mm-hmm. so chris you had them at seven yeah i was being optimistic. i had them at six and sam you gave him the highest like ranking at five yeah shock we ranked a little bit higher actually chris you had them at fourth I had them at five, just below uh, above the Titans, and uh, Sam, you gave him the seventh seventh place, uh, one place beneath the Outlaws. <laughs> <laughs> that, that totally makes sense. Does so, yeah. Like just looking back, if 
someone would have told us that we're going to make the finals and regardless of what outcome we will see, we would have been happy then. But we, we get hungry and greedy. So I hope the players are as well. So seeing that the Vancouver Titans are going to win 4-3 because we have deigned it so, let's talk a little about what else is going around in the Overwatch League. So while the Vancouver Titans and San Francisco Shock are busy, the other teams, well, they're getting busy in their front offices because there's been a whole lot of change going on. Let's start off by, uh, uh, this, this is a unique one. So Asking, who's uh, damaged for uh, Paris Eternal, has retired and he's going to go play Apex Legends. Hmm. Now, strange game to play. I, so the 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 logic behind here is he wasn't really enjoying Overwatch, so at least in the sort of the meta it was as it exists today, and you know what he can contribute. So he's going to go play Apex Legends and instead enjoy himself. And I, I'm I'm all for you know playing the games you enjoy. Like that's what's what games are meant to be. And I get when it's your job, you know, it's a little bit different, but still you want you want to play for fun. But right. he's going to Apex Legends professionally which <laughs> uh is is interesting wasn't he also one of the guys who was like promised a trade or something like that and then that kind of fell through and he got really burned by that i think so yeah i, I it might have been i don't know like i, I just it was oh yeah that's right it was it was asking yeah, yeah, yeah. God, and then it kind of fell through and he was really tilted and you could definitely see he was angry on social media yeah so anyhow asking uh he is uh He's heading to Apex Legends. Uh, Shanghai Dragons, they've been busy. They uh, they let go of Blue Haas, their head coach, and Levi, their assistant coach, and they have brought Moon in as... Uh, <laughs> oh, Moon. Well, I, this, is, this, is a, this is a, you know, big head type of signing, right? Uh, I think he is going to bench uh, Gamsu now for being smart. smart. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, that had to have been a translation issue, right? I hope so, but I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't. Hey, you know, there's there's all these reasons you could say uh, we're not going to bring we're not going to bring Custa in. Uh, it doesn't fit with the team dynamic. Doesn't fit within the meta. Uh, we feel we have you know better players, but player is too smart. And therefore, <laughs> the rest of the team like like how do you how do you def- like oh the rest of the team looks dumb. Like then that's like I guess that's team diamond. I don't know. Anyhow, regardless. I mean that's the meme, but like we can't deny that the Valiant got better after Moon left. Definitely. So I a lot. I don't I don't know, man. Dragons, you you guys do weird things. Well, this is and what makes it even more weird is look how much success the Shanghai Dragons had this year. Like, granted, they really only had one direction to go, and that was not to become the Florida ma'am, but the Shanghai Dragons for all intents and purposes, had a successful season. They won a freaking stage when no one, no one gave them a chance. And their response is, we can do better, so we're going to get rid of our coaches and bring in Moon. And maybe maybe that's what they need to, you know, move themselves forward. But uh, it's it's really odd to see a team have that much success and still, when contracts are up and and done, say we're going to replace this group. Because new coach often has an impact when it comes to uh, the players on the roster. Maybe they'll trade for Custa next. Uh, maybe. Uh, speaking of a new coaches, uh, Houston has let go of Tyrong and Hunwoo, uh, head coach and assistant coach, respectively. Uh, the Houston Outlaws, 
I mean, we knew there were going to be changes here. Like this, this is quite clear to anyone who follows the Overwatch League is something that was going to happen. It's interesting though that they've let go of their coaching staff, but their sort of GM and quote unquote front office hasn't changed. But who am I? I'm a Titans fan. It might be the first domino. Who knows? Well, but the, this is the this is the thing that I find really weird is that dominoes generally fall top down, right? So, like, yeah. it's not this guy before that guy. It's it's always the top, and then you generally look to bring in someone who can then sort of create their own organization or structure, and that often is an impact to coaching staff. And coaching staff is often what's going to dictate the player personnel. So, when you see the sort of middle of the org disappear that's mm-hmm. when you start to wonder like oh is then the gm's been given the the opportunity to go in and clean house and and right the ship and is that is that what's needed was it is coaching I and mean, omni you sort of alluded to the fact that there was some strange coaching decisions on the high noon podcast and i right. completely agree with you but i think organization there needs to be a bigger shake up there in houston yeah when well, they had all that you know ownership uh problem during the season maybe it just was on hold for too long and until now uh the new ownership came in and now they can actually make some moves but all the luck to them they can only like improve from here and uh as we are always mentioning all the greatest and biggest moves are going to happen in the overwatch league on wednesday the moment we publish this podcast when uh, overwatch 2 is announced (laughs) yeah (laughs) overwatch 2 free to play um (laughs) six new heroes Battle Royale. Coming to a PlayStation Vita near you. Um, (laughs) Before we get into the PTR patch notes, the PTR patch notes that dropped today, let's talk a little bit about a post that uh, uh, Jeff Kaplan shared on Reddit. So uh, there was actually a couple of posts, but one that really caught my attention here was that uh, apparently they're looking at adding more cards to Arcade. And I'm genuinely curious if they were to go and add more cards to Arcade like it just is that just to give every mode to everyone like i know there are far more modes than cards available it's just a a weird developmental shift at this stage unless it has more to do with the fact that they're going to roll roll queue out to other places i don't know i never understood why i didn't have that in the first place because uh even in the first early days when i started playing overwatch i was like really hyped to play some of the uh um game modes in arcade and then i saw them disappear i was like why why i guess it's alluded to like queue times i'm not sure what's going on but i'm I'm all for it because they always have like uh mystery heroes right well yeah because that's Um, that's my jam if they took mystery heroes away i'd stop playing the game i think (laughs) right that's the big one and now they gotta have uh classic quick play available at all times right Mm, that's right so that's taking a spot okay you know what thinking this through now i think you're on to something either they've actually reduced the cards with like the classic quick play and Mm. um I think there's there's another classic in there. Yeah, and then you have like your low gravity, uh, total mayhem, which I love. Um, actually, a really good uh, place to practice abilities <laughs> in a in a weird fashion. What, where where everyone has their alt on cooldown, and exactly. there's like at one point six Winston's <laughs> flying over the the door of Hanamura. Contain uh, you you contest the point for like twenty minutes. <laughs> Oh, you know, you know, bring back! They had this awesome, awesome um, mode where they had like the just Shimada, uh, oh, the Sh- yeah, yeah, the Shimada brothers, yeah, <laughs> it was awesome. It was the first time that I actually realized how fun Hanzo was. 
The uh, PTR patch notes, though, let's get to that. So they're pretty much changing the game. I mean, I, I like the, the first line announcement. Patch 1.41 is a remaster and will require a relatively large download for all platforms. Hmm. Now, remaster can mean quite a few things. Uh, one, it could be that they're putting in more assets for future gameplay, which kind of lines up. We're getting close to, to, you know, or closer to BlizzCon. Uh, it could also be that they're just refining the code and in turn, that's requiring quite a few changes. But uh, it will be interesting to see what more comes from it. That said, there have been a lot of hero updates. Let's run through them quickly. Diva. So Defense Matrix, uh, the regen rate is being increased and the delay before regeneration is being lowered. So ultimately, uh, you won't be able to go and, uh, well, sorry, you will be able to go and use it almost on-ish cooldown, but the actual shield regen will go up quicker. And that was, mm. you know, I think countering uh, what we saw taken away with goats, but now sort of realize like, okay, we maybe nerfed her a little too hard. Uh, Arissa protective barrier, the cooldowns being increased by a second. So, you know, this one I presume is to try to deal with sort of current meta, but I don't know how the second on its own is an issue unless you sort of take into consideration what's going to happen to Sigma. I uh, will get to Sigma in a moment. Let's talk about Roadhog. Um, ammunition being increased from five to six. Nice. You know, I, I'm, I actually, I find when I play Roadhog, especially in like Mysterios, that's generally when I pick him, because I don't get to pick. <laughs> you don't understand how many times I hook expecting there to be a shot in the can. One shot. Yeah. And then as soon as I hook, it's reload. First first mistake that you got to take care of <laughs> yeah, as a hog player. It, it, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. Because like the tanks are in a really weird spot. Like we never not had a diva in the meta ever since the game was released. And now we have... Uh, Sigma was even a better diva. It's kind of like a jack of all trades, and the wrist is really crazy now with shields. So they're kind of trying to balance it out, I guess. Yeah. Well, speaking of Sigma being the better diva, kinetic grasp is no longer going to block chain hook and whip shot. So when he pops his grasp, they're theoretically the one person who's picked Roadhog. Like, because that happens, they'll hook him. Um, as far as whip shots concerned, they're not talking about competitive play. Like, have you seen a Brig in comp? Not really. I haven't seen a brig in quick play. I get brigs all the time in mystery heroes, but anyhow. I guess three brigs in mystery heroes. <laughs> uh, gr- gravitic flux. Uh, so the high gravity effect duration reduced from 1.2 to 0.9 seconds. That's quite significant, actually. Uh, looking at it now. And then experimental barrier regeneration rates reduced from 175 to 150 per second. Uh, now has a one second cooldown after recalling the barrier and that initial 0.2 second cast time is removed. So for those of you who have been throwing your experimental barrier every which way that you possibly can, because you just can't get the angle right, but that's okay. It's like click, 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 click. You now have to click, pause, click. And that adds greater risk to you throwing that barrier and getting it wrong. I actually don't mind that one second. Yeah, I like it too. You think that the moment they actually nail down this ability, they're going to take off this experimental out of the name? <laughs> That's called Barrier. <laughs> Such a weird ability name, really. Yeah. Well, then again, he has accretion, so... <laughs> <laughs> it's the potato of Overwatch abilities. Uh, uh, Winston, barrier projector, uh, duration's going from six to nine seconds, and the health is going from 600 to 700. Um, I actually love Hell that buff. Yeah. Uh, that, brings, that brings utility to Winston that doesn't currently exist um, in his ability to truly dive. Um, 
buffing all my babies. Uh, Baptiste immortality field health is being decreased from 250 to 200. Okay. Um, I mean, the immortality field, like you get a good Baptiste, there's no destroying the field. You're just waiting until that disc times out because they've placed it in such a way you can't get, you have to almost flank the disc before you flank the team. Um, Lucio changes. So crossfade, that speed boost effect is being increased from 20% to 25%. So your team will move a little bit faster. And then if you amp it up, the speed boost application increased is 50% to 60%. So you're moving a little bit faster. And if you wall ride, he's slower. So they reduced the buff of speed on Lucio himself, but increased it on the team itself. Right. And, you know, I actually find it interesting. Like when I'm rolling out and there's a Lucio, the moment you see them jump on the wall, you're like, oh, thanks. Because like they're gone. <laughs> it's, I think, again, a, a really direct buff uh, or a, like nerf to shield meta. Because mm. one of the challenges was to get there before you're deleted. So yeah. now when the team can approach it faster, that'll probably uh, will make it a little bit easier. Uh, Mercy, the Valkyrie uh, beams that you uh, you pop out, they're going to ignore barriers now. It's kind of cool because that like that is specifically for our double shield meta. Uh, you I can't... never knew barriers actually interfered with those beams. Well, so... I, my take on this is that when you're Mercy and you're in Valkyrie, you're going straight up and you're, you're ultimately bird's eye. And as because you're bird's eye, you reposition so that your beam connects. So I think mm. that the shield blocking it was really only as effective as if there was a giant sort of wall that prevented. But again, I never paid enough attention to know that that was the case. Let's be real. How, how often do any of us play Mercy? Mystery heroes. And I hate every second of it. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much just kamikaze, so you can just read. I, I, I played a little, Yeah, I played a little bit of Mercy in season two. You know, what? my pro, like, I mean, there are a lot of like, I hate, I hate a Hanzo and I hate a Widow because I just can't click heads. But I would much prefer a Widow and a Hanzo over a Mercy. That's kind of like I, I, I treat Arissa. I mean, she's awesome, but it's I'm just falling asleep playing her. Uh, Moira's biotic grass self healing is being reduced from 30 to 20 health per second. Um, I guess, I mean, I understand that there's this belief that Moira is a little bit OP and this might be to prevent your true DPS Moira's like yesterday, my brother and I played mystery heroes and I don't think our Moira ever hit M1. <laughs> like we're, she is our only here healer in mystery heroes. It's people are like, I need healing. I need healing. And it's up to me as Soldier 76 to drop my beer can so everyone can huddle around it and get their heads clicked by the Widow, who's obviously like playing their smurf. Like, ah, whatever. Um, I'm not bitter. Doomfist, Rocket Punch. Time to reach max charge is going up by 0.4 seconds from 1 to 1.4. Uh, the shield health gained per hit, which is called the best defense, which I never knew, uh, that's being reduced from 35 to 30. So he's a little bit slower to go and bust your head into the side of the wall. And when he does do that, uh, his actual shield gain will be a little bit less. So more of a high risk play. Uh, Sombra translocator cooldown increased from four to six seconds. And the cooldown now begins immediately upon deploying the beacon or if it is killed by an enemy. So have you, have you guys seen uh, a Reddit post about this uh, Sombra adjustment? So I, I can't say I have, I, I, 
to be quite frank, I've been trying to wrap my head around the cool now now begins immediately. So what happens now, somebody demonstrated something really broken about this. You can place your translocator, you wait six seconds, you can then teleport and do your EMP and again teleport out. So it's really, really weird. You can EMP and get out. Oh, oh so that cooldown, if I wait the six seconds, the cooldown's done, whether it was killed or not. Exactly. Oh, wow. Okay, so that's how I was interpreting it, and that, that, I'm like, that doesn't make sense. And when you see how, like, now indestructible she is when going in for yeah. an EMP, that's a bit crazy. Yeah, boom, yoink, gone. Because that, like, I think readjusted. You know, yeah. blowing that EMP was often high risk. You either threw your your uh, translocator in, popped it, and hoped the heck that you didn't die, or you ran in, popped it, and then you know, pieced on out. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Symmetra, because, you know, she's not OP at all. Uh, her <laughs> photon barrier duration is reduced from 15 to 12 seconds and her health is, and the health is reduced from 5,000 to 4,000. Uh, the, uh, sentry turret damage per second is going down from 50 to 40. Her photon projector, um, if it hits you is going to apparently blow your eardrums. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you get tinnitus. Like, yeah, no kidding. How else do you interpret players impacted by the primary fire beam should now hear a louder impact sound? Like, if you didn't know that, know that you're getting hit. Like, well, not only that. Like, when you get hit by by sim right now, it's like, like (laughs) it's it's like a little motorboat in your ear. Um, Tracer pulse pistols damage fall off now starts at 13 meters, which is up from 10 meters, which means, um, she's a little more practical in engaging sort of mid range and harassing. That's an underrated change because Tracer can put up so much damage. So I I anticipate this will be like a, a I I might actually get in a limb with Tracer now. You should have gotten that one even before, but now you'll get even closer to it. <laughs> uh, there's all sorts of all, you know, bug fixes here. Um, uh, some to do with Sigma and his, you know, interaction. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> talking well, about, we're talking about bugs during so, the week of the grand finals <laughs> okay there there is one bug though that i i gotta laugh at brigida fixed a bug with brigida's rally checking line of sight from her feet instead of from her head wait what what does that even mean so well, i'm going to presume that if she pops her alt and happens to be standing by like a planter oh. or something and you didn't get her buff because the planter prevented it from her feet exuded this magical ability, not, not her head. They, they must have gotten so many complaints about that. <laughs> from from like the dozen of Brigida players out there. I mean, and there's other like I mean again, it's a bug there's like fixed a bug with Inspire's position being affected by the player's aim pitch. And then Sombra fixed a bug with EMP's position being affected by a player's aim pitch. So I'm going to presume, like, I'm going to throw it over here, and I threw it all down. Something like I, we're getting to that point in this game that the bugs that we're fixing are like, yeah. So uh, when Sombra throws uh, this, it actually goes and throws a curveball. And uh, well, I'm looking forward to fixed a bug, erased Brigida as a player. Mm. <laughs> Bug fixes, Brigida deleted. Imagine they introduce like a hero that's a, a, a literally a bug. 
But that will make it confusing. Fun. Could happen. It's it's not unheard of. We have a hamster that came from the moon. So yeah. I'm still waiting for my jetpack cat. <laughs> maybe maybe your jetpack cat will be announced at BlizzCon. I hope. Speaking of what I'm waiting for, it's Crostic time. That's right. So, friend of the show, Dualdo, sent us a uh, a screen cap of uh, the RSP phone number saved to his phone. Now, because, you know, Sam went and lawyered up, I had to drop him the, the, the info that uh, you need to star that bad boy. And then he did. He resubmitted it. Which means it is acrostic time. So Sam, what almost say you? cheating. Hmm. Nah, Geraldo is that how you pronounce his name? He's been a long time listener of the show. We appreciate sure. you, Geraldo. OGs, one of the OGs. So here we go. This is very uh, timely. And also, I had to add a whole bunch of words to make the full sentence. But here we go. So Geraldo. That's G-E-W-A-L-D-R-O. Gosu Hoxel effectively will awaken, comma, because the comma is very important, <laughs> loudly dominating Rascal and his <laughs> Overwatch comrades. Uh, I think that's the best one yet. You Okay, how much time did you spend thinking this one up? Uh, I saw the message of five minutes before we aired, so... <laughs> You, you got to jump into RSP cord more often there, Sam. <laughs> Will that be louder than the new cement uh, beam? This isn't, this is an off rant. There's too many mods in too many discords use at here at everyone. I just went through this whole thing where I <laughs> muted every single channel that I am, okay. including ours, where every time I get an at everyone, I just you muted our channel. No, no, not our channel. Just every time somebody tags at everyone, because almost every single time someone at everyone's on the channel, it is not for everyone. Okay. In fairness, the everyone, like I'm, I'm going to go back here. I'm, I'm the one who drops the everyone. So I've dropped an everyone here today. Cause I wanted to showcase the fact that Omni was, you know, fighting a good fight in the high noon podcast. Let's go back here. Uh, everyone, 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 uh, everyone, everyone, everyone. So I'm back in August now. I'm still looking for more. Everyone's everyone, 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 everyone. Hey, you're actually everyone? not, you're not that bad. Cause, cause and yet your you everyone's are, are actually kind of relevant. It's, yet it's you still the, muted the random one. Okay. I, I totally get the random ones. Like there are channels where one, if you, if your discord server allows everyone from everyone, Oh, that's a guaranteed mute. I actually check notification settings and I see that that's like a guaranteed mute. That's not like, I'm not even giving you a time of day for that. I don't trust. But <laughs> if you're going to mute hours where the everyone shows up like once every two months, don't do that. There's, there's no server out there that you could ever be part of. You'd create your own and mute your own at this point. <laughs> this is how I get out of getting my, doing all my poems. No kidding. <laughs> fine, fine. For for the goodness of the team, I will unmute no, our no, everyone it's, it's, in here. It's too late now. It's too late now. Damage, the damage only, is yeah, like you've hurt my feelings. The only people that can use everyone in here are staff. That's the three of us and Michael. <laughs> I didn't even know I could use it. <laughs> this uh, is that time. This is just like that time I didn't know about the double verification on Discord. Oh, man. Yeah, Sam's going to go in. Hey, guys, I just wanted to test this out at everyone. It'll be like <laughs> three in the morning our time, whatever. Sam's up. Oh, you jerk. 
That's Omni <laughs> that just did that. <laughs> at least he did it. At least he did it in that that channel where it's only the yeah, three of us. Our private channels now just yeah, right. randomly all just get tagged in. Yeah. Oh man. Anyhow, back to the uh, the phone. If you want your own acrostic, uh, the only way that you're going to get that from Sam is by sending us a screenshot that you have saved and favorited. The ready set phone phone number that's 604-409-3324 604-409-3324 you can send us a text message or leave us a voicemail and should you do that i will include it in an upcoming episode on top of the fact that if you also include it as a screen capture with a favorite sam will give you your own personalized acrostic <laughs> we have reached the end of an episode and i do want to remind everyone that we only have one regularly scheduled episode left it is the one where we hopefully are celebrating a win for the Vancouver Titans in the Overwatch League Grand Finals. After that episode, you'll see us transition into a bi-weekly format. Every two weeks, we'll still have some content for you. The content may not be as Overwatch League focused because, again, we're reliant on the Vancouver Titans and the Overwatch League to create the content for us. And if they're not in turn creating the content, it's hard to provide the analysis and the opinions. So therefore, we're going to maybe expand our horizons a little bit, get some guests in, uh, talk about some different topics. But the focus will always be everything that you need to know about the Vancouver Titans and the Overwatch League. It will be in each and every episode, as I mentioned, bi-weekly. We've also been kicking around the idea that we're going to create some additional content, what I call the value-add content. This is not stuff that's going to come in through regular channels per se, like every two weeks in a episode of the Ready, Set, Poem podcast, but, you know, possibly video or audio content um, just, you know, without a regular cadence, but they again, give you some insight as to what we're doing, but also probably to pick, take more of a focus on the Ready, Set, Pwn community. Uh, I want to make our community the strongest there is, not only when it comes to supporting the Vancouver Titans, but just in the Overwatch League itself. So what we can do over the course of the offseason to make that happen, we will look to do. And if you have some fantastic ideas you'd like to share with us, the easiest way to get those ideas to us is to talk to us in Discord. It's discord.io slash readysetpwn. Hit us up on Twitter at readysetpwn. Or if you want to send us an email because you need to send us an essay, and that's perfectly fine, the email address is feedback at readysetpwn.com. But, Ani, what final words of wisdom do you have for our listeners today? Well, it took me a little bit over three years, but apparently to our friends in the sound in the South, I now sound a little bit Canadian. A little bit. Just a bit. Just a bit, eh? Just a bit, eh? <laughs> exactly. Sam. Remember, we're talking about bugs, not a nurse, <laughs> not a buff. We're talking about bugs. <laughs> She's talking about practice? <laughs> See if bugs was two syllables, it would it would actually fit. We'd all we'd ultimately have to have to work that in. In fact, I'm going to title this episode. We're talking about bugs. Um, as far not as not a game, not a not, not a game feature, we love. not a feature, okay. but bugs. I, I can't I can't put that many <laughs> words into a title. I just want to put that out. Um, as for final words for me, I'm really looking forward to this weekend. I'm I am nervous, um, which is kind of funny that uh, an old guy like me is nervous about watching people play a video game, but I truly am. I, I want the Vancouver Titans to win. Uh, I will be at the watch party. I will be celebrating and uh, maybe nervously, you know, chewing on my nails with all the rest of you that will happen to be there at the sports bar. If you are, please come by and say hello. I know there's some of you coming up from south of the border. There are people coming over from the island, people coming in from out of town. Uh, 
if you are coming in from somewhere other than Vancouver, you need to stop by our table and say hello. Uh, if you know of someone who's coming in from outside of Metro Vancouver, you tell them to come by to our table and say hello. If you are coming from Vancouver, come by our table and say hello. You listen to us. The least we can do is thank you for that in person if you happen to come to the watch party this weekend. As far as supporting us is concerned, if you haven't done so already, you're tuning in maybe for the very first time or you tune in from week to week and you haven't hit that subscribe button in whatever podcast application that you're using, whether it be Stitcher, uh, the Apple Podcast Store, CastBox FM, whatever it happens to be, hit that subscribe button. And if you know of someone who might be interested, tell them to hit the subscribe button too. While we are a Vancouver Titans focused podcast, we talk about everything to do with the Vancouver Titans, but the Overwatch League, video games, pop culture, and occasionally Sam and Omni have their basketball talk too, and that drives me nuts. But whatever you're looking for, we can provide it. If you're looking for us online though, it is at readysetpwn.com on Twitter, as well as Instagram at readysetpwn. If you're looking for Omni, it's at Strife. Sam is at another Sam Chan. I am Chris at Lightforce, and I'm going to sign off with those magical two words. Catchphrase. Wait, you're still here? Why haven't you run out to your local Circle K or Max convenience store yet to grab one of those exclusive Vancouver Titans Froster Cups? With six different cups available, and only while supplies last, I'd recommend you get on your way. Those cups are available in Western Canada. Hey, Circle K is a Canadian-owned company, by the way. And the nearest store could be found if you head to CircleK.com. Oh, and one last thing before you actually do head out the door. Why not share which cup you picked up by tagging us in social media? Hit us up at ReadySetPone and let at CircleKWestCan know that RSP sent you. Thank you.